Hey, hey, we should do an intro. No, we shouldn't. How will they know we're the theater boys? They'll just know, okay? Hello, everybody. We are back this cold and frigid week in the New England hemisphere. Yeah, it is not warm anymore, that's for sure. Perfect time to watch movies. Yes, with a good uh, cup of uh, hot chocolate and, uh, you know, maybe a coffee or a tea. So, uh, this week we went back and watched one of, I think, agreeably our favorite Star Wars movies, uh, Solo. Mm. Didn't get much love from everyone else, and we think it deserves another shot. Mm-hmm. A shot. A first shot, you might say. A first shot. A, a, a round one of shoots. <laughs> needs to shoot first and ask questions later. Yes. Uh, right, I mean, right out the gate, one of the things I think this movie had going for it poorly was it came out the same month as Infinity War. Infinity War, Deadpool. Deadpool 2. And after Star Wars Episode 8, eight released. Which, just per- terrible. Yeah, we don't talk about that. That's all we will say about that one. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I just think that it had a very, very hard, uh, a lot of a lot of requirements to go see movies for, for hardcore moviegoers. Mm. And like your less fun moviegoers or your less fanatical moviegoers were like, oh, we already saw a Star Wars movie this year. And did you see Endgame? I'm going to go see Endgame twice and seeing, Infinity instead of seeing, oh, sorry. Yeah, Infinity War. I'm going to go see Infinity War twice instead of seeing... Uh, this obscure Star Wars movie, and also Deadpool 2. It was Deadpool or Deadpool? I think it was Deadpool 2. Maybe one yeah. of the Deadpools. Deadpool I do not Deadpool 2, remember. I believe. Because um, Sue and I saw that one together. Ah. And yeah, so that was that. Was that. And um, I just I, we saw this movie. I liked it a lot. It has its flaws. Um, but I think there was a lot of redeeming qualities for it. And I, I've definitely seen this movie way more times than i think most people have seen this movie yeah i've seen this movie way more times than i've seen eight <laughs> or seven i wish i could see this movie. <laughs> i wish i could replace every time that i saw seven eight and nine with seeing this movie in my life would be better yes significantly better <laughs> you can tell what we think about the uh, newer trilogy um but uh so starting off i think i'm gonna just go control my head I loved where it kind of landed us in space as far as storytelling goes. It's not, it doesn't open with a traditional Star Wars crawl, but it has, you know, in a galaxy far, far away, like blue text. Um, and it kind of sets this ground and it lands you in Han Solo's kind of immature life at the moment. His childhood. Yeah. Just like what you could expect from a scoundrel such as him. Yeah, which I think is a beautiful way to start it. Like, he's hot-riding a little speeder. Uh, yeah, that's the opening shot. He's hot-wiring the speeder, and it's, like, yeah. flashing, flashing, flashing. Boom, instant chase scene. Um, and, it, it, yeah, it's just, this is, this isn't, you know, you're, this, this is the kind of upbringing that creates a Han Solo. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's, you know, he has some backstory to it. And there's a lot of backfill there, because he's got to be in his late 30s, I'd imagine, in, in Star Wars. I don't know exactly when. Um, thirties. I mean, he's the oldest out of the Luke, Leia, and Han. Mm. I would say twenties. 
late 20s i guess yeah cause... I, I think he's in his 20s during this movie just because oh this movie i, I mean oh in, like when he comes uh, in when he comes oh when he comes in as harrison yeah, like, ford i yeah. would say his 40s yeah, i would say han solo like would be in his 40s late 30s, because they 40s. are 20 i think they're supposed yeah. to be 20 years old uh there so i think i'm not a star yeah, wars I mean, i'm not i'm not big on dates but i have some knowledge i read some books when i was younger <laughs> I just rewatched the movies over and over again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he comes in, you get to meet him as a young pilot, kind of getting about his, his thing, and yeah. you meet his, his love interest, his MacGuffin of the movie, I believe. Mm. Yes, the um, MacGuffin of the movie. One of the MacGuffins. One of the things yes. that they're chasing. And the um, kind of driving factor behind who he is and what sets him off on his course and then we uh, we leave Corellia, and he joins the Empire. Okay, I'm gonna one of the best. Scenes. I'm gonna interject here just because the deleted scenes that are not in the actual movie for this portion when he joins the Empire, I think are like so good as far as like oh, they're not like finished or anything, but it shows you he disobeys orders literally in those scenes he's kind of like going off doing his own thing as you expect of han solo and he gets in trouble and it goes to these proceedings of what happens when like a stormed an imperial officer or someone like disobeys orders so he gets reprimanded he gets uh sent to i forget what the planet was it was a mud planet and i don't really think they give the name of the planet in the movie but it's one of let's my call favorite it the trenches <laughs> the trenches planet um which so I love that type and coming off the heels of the success of Rogue One that happened yeah gives it very Rogue One themes very earthy gritty World War One vibes um I mean yeah, they were just shooting into the dark things were exploding it, was, it wasn't as dark themed as like I'm thinking of like the beach scene on Rogue One like cause like this you know it's, it's hearted it's funny he's flying through the air getting blown up the the one commander who's like barking orders and then explodes Dies. And, <laughs> like, and then like the ATSTs that land and you're just like oh my gosh oh, it was this... intense it was yeah. really really good yeah um, and you're just like what is going on like what is happening well, it also here? gives you like the stormtrooper perspective of like like this one thing I think they could have done better in like 7, 8, 9 was like you have this stormtrooper character and like the beginning of, of 7 they like kind of did but it mm. wasn't as intense as this where you have like AT-ATs deploying next to you and things exploding and like you're kind of got this commissar shouting orders that's a very actually like 40k imperial guard vibe <laughs> <laughs> like morale will yeah. improve or I'll shoot you <laughs> yeah and, and I thought it was cool too uh, I was reading somewhere online as I was going back and rewatching this that it shows the difference between that stormtroopers were supposed to be specially trained yes and that this was like your run of the mill infantry of the empire which you never saw ever because you're only dealing with the higher up imperial army in the uh like four five and six six, seven eight nine nine movies you're only dealing with the high end uh of the imperial forces imperial forces i think is really interesting that the movie adds a lot to the lore i think of the empire more so than anything else Mm -hmm. it really builds out like their con like because you know you play if you play the old Battlefront two and you go from like the five oh first and you follow them all the way through mm. and then like they're like oh they started replacing the cr- clones with conscripts and all of this and like yeah. 
like this is that this is the conscripts this is the you know i yeah. love the empire i'm joining up starship troopers type stuff which is yeah. like what you expect from from the stormtroopers let's be real here um and just like you know you you have him i i think that i was really hoping that that scene and it, to some point it does um set the tone for the rest of the movie but as yeah. we discussed uh like the bouncing back and forth of different directors on this one and potential different shifts in vision, I think kind of hampers some of, uh, some of it. But I mean, I really, yeah. th- that scene is one of my favorites. That whole, the whole, everything on that planet, the meeting Chewie, the yeah, escape. The, the, the fact that meeting Chewie, like, I mean, for all the fan service that it does, which I, I personally loved it for that, but like all mm-hmm. of the things that, you know, you reference in, you know, four, five and six about Han, you kind of get a little bit glimpse of like, oh, this is where he met Chewie. This was like the, the his first big run, uh, in, in later on in the movie, and you're just like, oh, this, like just seeing it, for me brought just like wow, like nostalgia hit, and I think that did that very well for me. I I enjoyed those parts very well. I mean, you've been watching it multiple times. It's still like, oh, he's gonna go meet Chewie. This is great. He's like, yeah, I speak a little Wookiee. And it's like, you just accept it because, like, that's just, it's just, that's what it is. Um, And, like, the fact that Chewbacca also ate prisoners of war. And they really kind of subtly explain that he is, like, a ferocious monster. I mean, he even rips a guy's arm off in the the one. Yeah. (laughs) Later on when they're in Kessel, he's just holding the two arms. Like, what? This is what Wookiees do. Yeah. We've only seen it in Lego Star Wars up until this point. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Wookiees do remove arms. Yes. But I thought it was really uh, cool also like to fill in where um, Chewie ended up after Yoda left him on episode three. Mm. So presumably he probably fought in Kashyyyk during like the purge, I'll say. Um of like the Wookiees when the Imperial forces came down and killed every uh, most of them. I don't know all of them. I'd say a vast majority of but them. But most of them. Um because uh just thinking about lore wise, for that one thing, like the Wookiees were defending themselves pretty much with like some technological upgrades from like the clones. There wasn't a mass clone presence yeah. as much as it was just like frontline Wookiee army against droid army yeah, so that's like I a that's that. a huge just like present they have a huge army so they had to like that happen so i it's nice to see like oh he was imprisoned by them and he was probably toted around from camp to camp as like disciplinary if you if if you f up you're going in there it just sounds them. like it was entertainment for whoever his like owner was it was like ah we got some we got some rabble over here some deserters and uh which I imagine, given the conditions we saw, was fairly common amongst the the non-stormtroopers, just your generic troopers. And I yeah. imagine, I mean, they were like, oh, we haven't fed him in three days, but I'm sure there was there was stints where Chewbacca was very well fed. Probably. Um, but yeah, that was that whole scene when they, you meet Beckett and the crew. The whole crew. Oh my gosh, the whole crew. Maybe my biggest gripe with the movie is... The crew not getting to continue further on into the movie because I, yeah. I loved the crew dynamic that was there for like thirty minutes. That was the one thing like 
I mean, me always being the one. So we'll move in. So he meets the crew. He's going to get on the ship. They go to pull their first job and introduces all these, like, really awesome characters, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Beckett included. Beckett's girlfriend, uh, the the pilot. And you're like, wow, these these are cool, cool people. And, like, as much as I'm the guy to complain when all of our heroes make it to the end, I kind of wish they kept these people around because they were, like really interesting yeah really thick backstory they did a really good job developing them up front you feel like when his girlfriend dies like you you're like oh shit this and is when serious. the pilot the, dies. Pi- oh, the pilot was like oh my goodness it's like you i mean that to the movie's credit did a really good job at least for me and i mean having seen this again multiple times like still get attached to these characters inside of 10 minutes yeah and like and surprise and surprised with what happens during the movie yeah. Like, I remember watching the movie and, like, con- it's just constant surprise. Like, even though you know Han and Chewie are going to make it out, you know nothing for any of the other characters, which, for a Star Wars movie, is great. Yeah, I think and I think the killing off of the rest of the crew kind of... Like, I, I almost wish, like, if they were going to kill them off, it had been later on and through different things. Um, I think they could have done a better i I mean i guess infus infus nests men killed the pilot one of them did yeah um but like they could have had her kill the the girlfriend and like because that would have made the whole team up slash not team up a little more understandable from beckett's perspective Mm -hmm. i mean not that it isn't understandable um yeah and i mean but they yeah they they told you that this is no holds barred you don't know what's happening to the rest which is like they kind of got around the Superman problem, which is you can't hurt Superman, which in this, in this case is Han and Chewie, because, well, we know they're in a bunch more movies, yeah. so... You're not going to be putting... I don't think they were necessarily put in extreme circumstances, because, like, that you knew they were safe, so they were basically put in safe zones, I would say. Yeah. Where they weren't in places like... Beckett situation or like the pilot or like Kira. Yeah. Like you just didn't know or even uh Iden Voss, right? That's... Ivan I I I didn't I've been I've been Dross. Oh I I didn't Dross. I didn't right. Dross. I don't yeah. remember the name. It yeah. was it was Paul fancy. Bethany's character. Yeah. It was, <laughs> which was awesome. the armor was dope. Yeah, really intimidating guy, which unfortunately you'll never never see, never again. see again. But hey, like for a one-off movie in the Star Wars universe, great, great character set. Well, so that that's where my my problems with the movie kind of come in, mm-hmm. and it's it's that we got the no follow-up, and I feel like it was it suffered from the we're gonna cram in a whole bunch of things so we can have like an Ivan Dross spinoff, we're gonna have this Darth Maul set up, we're gonna have this this whole th- like second solo movie. And it just, unfortunately, never materialized um, yet. I'm hoping that's an emphasis on yet, because, again, I like these movies, I like what they were doing, and I like the characters that all put in place. And I think, like, you maybe could have gone without some of it. Um, I would almost say the, the, like, you could have gone without the the Ivan Dross character. um, And just had to deal with, like, the piratey shenanigans. I mean, obviously, the introduction of Donald Glover is a tragedy mm. in the sense of we're not going to get more of that. I think his the point of which he enters no. the movie. No, no, you will see Lando again. There is supposed to be. Last time I checked, 
there is supposed to be a Lando series on Disney Plus. At some point or another? Like, I don't know when it's going to be, but I assume that will pick up part of the storyline because I think Filoni has a grand master plan. All hail the king. <laughs> um, <laughs> in what in what's coming down the road. So I think they're kind of going to be prepping some things that are going to be intertwined with future events that are setting up the interactions with certain Imperial officers, a.k.a. Thrawn, probably, um, or some bounty hunters. I guess, yeah, you can make a showing in Because, you know, you'll have... There's a lot of interaction in the bounty hunter community with, you know, the Book of Boba Fett, what's happening. Like, there's a lot of connections that are within this world that cross over, so you can get a little pre, pre-series of what they were then before they come into Boba Fett series, or just before they uh, enter and you see how they got X-Scar or thing in Lando series, and I think it'd be interesting. Yeah. But I, mean, I just think he was, he was a phenomenal character. His inter- Stole the show, yeah, I mean, Yeah, no, it was he like really, really a Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian movie. It's like, because... It kind of, you have the initial chase scene, you have the introduction of them now needing to get this, one of my favorite CGI explosions ever, uh, and then moving into the rest of the movie, and then you introduce Donald, Glover, Donald Glover's character, and you kind of, like, escalate the rest of the movie from there. He really, like, makes it top-notch, mm. fantastic, Yeah, loved every second of it. Also, like, his droid was great. Also, they kill the droid, slash make the droid part of the ship, which is really cool. But again, you don't know. The Fembot 2000. (laughs) 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 I was watching the movie and just the whole, like, oh, it works line. (laughs) 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 It's like, oh, God, this is just so much. And, like, the whole, like, we don't serve your kind here, more backstory and, like, uh, on stuff. Like, I just, their, their characters, I think were the prefer in my preferred image of what the whole solo thing should have been is just over the top mm. big personality type stuff mm. uh because i even feel like solo's character when he was like in the scenes with uh lando was like a little different yeah especially well, the the end scene when they're in the card game mm. and like I, uh, I don't know unfortunately the actor that they got to play han solo which i believe he did a very well rendition of you just had such a casting set that he just got outshined yeah that's like, a good point like he's a re- i i think he was a great actor for the role um but i think what just the problems that occurred where you just had all phenomenal actors that were better at playing uh supporting They're, roles yeah I, yeah yeah uh that that were just like you he maybe there's like your s tier actors you know your paul bettany your amelia clark and then, like, your A-tier, uh, which was Eldrick. Uh, I believe that's his last name. Um, we should have a list in front of us, but don't. We should. Preparations? Um, but I, I thought he did very well, and I hope we get to see him back in that character, because yeah, I think oh. he has a lot more to offer. I mean, I, again, I think the, the one thing, and this is where I kind of could see where people, like, had a deviation from, like, the Star Wars lore, is, like, the retconning of the Kessel Spice Mines to what we just argued from being like fine cocaine or drugs to fuel. And I think the at least in the mainstream Star Wars verse, like the introduction of fuel in episode eight and this movie 
there's the core center things around both and i think at least for someone who had just watched episode eight and been like what's this and then for the next movie to also be about fuel was kind of just like you're really trying to like sell this thing that didn't exist until you wanted it to Mm -hmm. um and then the the chase scene when they're leaving kessel like completely okay with giant spaghetti space monster because that's established that's like a han solo thing they park the millennium falcon in a space worm okay then you like introduce the black hole on top of them already running from a blockade and it kind of is just this really big escalation that's not even the third act of the movie and it just seems like they were like in the boardroom and somebody was like and then there's a blockade and they're like wow okay that's really cool but we've all outdone star destroyers before and instead of it being about like Han Solo's piloting ability and speed purely, which it is, I mean, he does the, yeah, it's, it's his thing. He's the best pilot in the galaxy. It becomes like, well, we also had this magic fuel on board that we dumped into the Millennium Falcon that made it do the Kessel Run in however many parsecs, but it's actually like should have been Han Solo's ability. He yeah. could, he, it's not something he could repeat ever. You know, like advertising. Yeah, I did the Kessel Run in ten parsecs when it was like because you had once in a lifetime you amount know, of fuel and a nuclear bomb is. on you versus <laughs> actually navigating with your ship that has like because like right like his ship had the droids navigation system yeah. in it which means he can find his way through this crazy stuff they didn't need the the fuel explosion and i think it adds unnecessary tension in the sense of well we know the falcon's not blowing up mm-hmm. so like yeah. What's the, you know, we know they're getting out of this. You don't need to keep escalating if they're going to get out of the black hole because yep. Lando, Chewie, and Han and the Falcon all exist. So I think it just might have been cooler. I mean, it looked cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they went for. They just wanted it to be flashy, shiny, giant monster. But I think just like fighting the Star Destroyer or like getting chased by the Star Destroyer could have been just fine or a bunch of TIE fighters. Yeah. Or, or like him figuring out, like navigating the Millennium Falcon. And kind of, like, learning the tricks of getting around them. Because in episode 5, he's used to it. Yeah. You know? He's very used to getting around them. So maybe, um, you know, maybe uh, a thing that they could do in the future. Like, how does he figure out these, like, little quirks that like, he can get around kinda, their ships? They kind of did it during the TIE Fighter fight where he's, like, you know, he does that skid job where he breaks Well, not, not, not necessarily and... against the, the TIE Fighters, but just, oh, like, around, that around the Star Destroyers. Oh, yeah. You know, how do you get around these things that are literally tracking you all Everywhere the time? with tractor beams and um, guns and things. Yeah, and just, like, him navigating through, like, a full, like, blockade of ships. Like, yeah. not just TIE Fighters, but, like, TIE Interceptors and TIE Bombers. Like, you have a, you have a blockade there. So... Several Star Destroyers would have been interesting. I mean, yeah. like, it, it just didn't... Like, again, I think they went with, uh, we know we can't actually make... Like, if the viewers to sit back and look at this, they know they're going to make it, right? Because mm-hmm. there's too many things that have to make it for them not to make it. Yeah. Like, it would be... I can't think of a situation where, like, Kira and Beckett could die where the rest don't, right? Because those yeah. are the only two characters in that situation that don't have plot armor. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we're just going to make it really flashy. And I mean, the Star Destroyer coming through the world. Oh, the CGI. Is super cool. CGI is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Loved the whole, every whole sequence is great, but the retconning and the kind of like whatever shuffle of where's the lady as far as how are we getting out of this mm. are they just gonna fly their way out are they gonna warp speed their way out you know co- the call back to the the maneuver he did at the beginning of the movie mm. just kind of all like a bit of a okay that was a lot of hand waving but mm-hmm. 
I think the Kessel Run story should have a little more meaning than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's again, it takes away from the impressiveness of I did the Kessel Run in 14 parsecs because, well, you did it with a nuclear bomb in your engine. Yeah. But I, I do love the callbacks. So like get see, getting to see, even though it's maybe not what we're expecting. Like I, I do love just like getting to see the the nostalgia bits just like played out in front of your eyes. Oh, I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it, it tells you what Kessel is. Uh, having I mean, yeah. just rewatched uh, episode, so we watched Re- Rogue One a few weeks ago, and then I immediately watched episode four after, and like you know, C three PO and R two are like C three PO is like, oh no, they'll send us to the spice mines of Kessel, <laughs> and, and like knowing what that is, yeah. and like all the other little things that it fills in for you, it's it's great. Yeah, and and just getting to see also like one of my favorite things going backtracking when you're when they're on the in Kessel, and the droids like <laughs> droid revolution. <laughs> That was great. I like, mean, again, fembot is fembot, and that's just like, <laughs> oh, God. like play that just the mannerisms of all of that just are beautiful, beautifully yeah. brought out, and in a in a way that like is not annoying, is not overplayed. It's like just the right amount uh, of entertainment. Yeah, it was it was, it was honestly like mm-hmm. that whole. I loved the the Kessel sequence, like the when they're in the mines and like. The taking it over and like that that felt very star wars to me what's one thing that happens in like all the star wars movies all of our main characters dress up act like prisoners to get into something <laughs> like this is, this is what happens it's just what they do and it's like han solo is usually the one involved in doing that so it's like where did he learn that trick like oh i played a prisoner once i had somebody dress up like as a guard and when we see him in episode four stormtroopers come on board <laughs> luke and him walk out in stormtrooper armor like it just it sets up like a very like where he gets him from and even like beckett and beckett's pattern of behavior kind of becomes han solo's pattern of behavior which is like constantly wheezing weaseling your way out of getting yourself killed by almost completing jobs yes (laughs) almost completing jobs (laughs) (laughs) keywords so like and i mean like man he meets like you know they set up the movie at the end for him to go right to Tatooine and it's like man lives like that under Jabba the Hutt for twenty years. <laughs> Jabba's like, so pissed at him. So Every he, job he doesn't continue like, or finish. Like Jabba has way more patience and to only want to freeze him in carbonites. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> like twenty years of Han Solo shenanigans is a lot on yeah. a slug. I imagine, though, like, thinking of Han Solo's reputation going into, like, meeting Jabba, that he's just, like, a dope-ass pilot that can get through. So I imagine if he was just, like, you know, what if we just have you around? Maybe your ex-good luck charm. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why he wanted to freeze him in Carbonite. You're a good luck charm. We just just want you and nothing else about you. Every time things go to crap, you come out smelling like roses. I want you frozen behind me. (laughs) (laughs) Everything goes to crap, dies. Yeah. But, um... I think, and I think this is where, so then, so I forget what planet they land on, but when they do the deal, and then you have kind of, uh, you find out who Infus Ness is, and Mm. like, that whole backstory. Again, like, I would have liked to see more build up for that band of merry men, because it just kind of seemed really interesting, and it was new, right? Like, they're, I think, I don't know where they fit in the greater Star Wars Mm -hmm. lore, but it seemed to me like they're the birth of the Rebellion. Or they're they're a fringe element, or they're are they're a part of it with like Saw Gerrera in in some aspects. Yeah, like I don't know where I don't know where exactly we are timeline wise from Order sixty six to now, 
But, like, they have stormtroopers, they're doing conscripts, so they're a little further down the line. Yeah. I'd imagine we're probably, um, I would want to say, like, ten... Yeah, say, like, five to ten years out. Five to ten years out. I can't say for certain, just off the top of my head. Just the way, you know, the Rebellion hasn't really caught on yet as, like, a popular thing. Um, so, obviously, like, it's still under... Uh, what is the word? They don't. The X wing. The X wings are not there yet. Yeah, they're um, still a little underfunded. Yeah, which would. Oh, I still had a great idea. What if they made a movie about the making of the X wing? That'd be dope. And how the rebels got it? Because like none of the Imperials well, use I it. I mean, as long as we get rid of seven, eight, and nine, right? Because seven, eight, nine on the casino planet, they're just like it's the same people who make the Tie Fighters sell the X wings, and I'm like, so you're telling me the Imperials stroll up to pick up their order? Look down the assembly line, <laughs> and they're just like, "Hey, man, those are some weird wings you're making there. <laughs> I don't remember ordering those, huh? Nifty." <laughs> Darth Sidious just taking a stroll down his armory. Like, you know what? Good on you guys, making a quick buck. We're gonna kill him anyway. <laughs> Force lightning, go! <laughs> Let's put homing beacons in all of them. Um, <laughs> like, like again, that'd be kind of cool. But the um, like, so they introduce they're on the they're on the planet. Yep. And they're like you know getting ready to do this deal with like super explosive stuff. Um, and you have Beckett, and you're trying to like, you know, I I think they really should have played up more of Beckett being upset that Invis Nest got his crew killed. Because I feel like, I don't know if it was writing, or if it was... I think it was time-wise. I think, honestly, if I had to go back and redo anything, it would be to get rid of Enfys Nest entirely. Not that they're not a good element, I love them. But in the grand scheme of the movie, replace them with freaking Imperials or something. Something that is more of an actual villain. Or a bounty hunter. Yeah, just like, not a character that we have to relate to and give more backstory to, something that's more established already. Yeah, if they had just made them a normal bounty hunter group and not included them in the third act, and just made the third act Han and Beckett trying to rip off yeah. uh, the, what was it, the Crimson, Crimson, Dawn, Crimson Dawn, and them getting caught, AKA. and Beckett double-crossing him, that would have been, yeah. that would have been better. And, like, we don't need... To learn in this movie that Han Solo is a good guy. Yeah. Because we find that out in episode four. And also, like, yeah, he is only in it for the money in episode four up until he comes back and blasts Darth Vader in his face. Um, mm -hmm. So, I Which, think... Which, a lot of this, I think, sets that up. Like, him getting burned, so a little bit fast forward, I, I won't go over the betrayal, but, like, Kira leaving them on the planet. Yeah, that was brutal. That part, I was in the theater and I was like, you, you, you gotta be shitting me. Like, that just happened? Like, Solo's just like, arms out wide, like, woman! <laughs> we just made it! And now you leave! It's like the Jack Sparrow moment of, like, getting left on the desert island again. And it's just like, like, yeah, like, you know, we made it, you're free, I'm free. And then to yeah. never get any follow-up with that yeah. is just sad. I mean, and the Beckett betrayal, too, like, felt like a betrayal, but it 
they're like there was a double cross and then we're on the same side and then we're not on the same side and it was an ambush yeah. and then like and again like Infus Ness I feel like could, like in there causes everything pops up wherever she pops up just not in that final battle scene and yeah. you just have it be we're gonna try and rip off Crimson Dawn get rid of this guy rescue Kira and then then the double cross from Beckett can still happen Yeah, he can shoot first we'll talk about that in a second and Kira can still leave him, and he can get double-crossed by everyone, and this would explain why he is just in it for the money and everything after that. And why everyone he only other... has a friend like Chewie. Yeah, and, like, Chewie is the only one who, like, sticks by him, which, for, I mean, like, I w- it really would have made that bond better if they were both double-crossed and us on this, like, planet together and, like, had to figure their way out. Because, hmm. I mean, everything leading up to the point, like, you have um, Lando leaves, mm-hmm. Beckett double-crosses, Kira leaves. Mm-hmm. They're left with nothing. Yeah. Um, and the the shooting first scene. Great. It's just giant middle finger to the Star Wars remakes that George Lucas did where he added Greedo shooting first. Just let everyone know for the record. Greedo ain't that quick. Yeah. Han shot first. Them, them fingers are like suction cups. They ain't, they ain't getting that trigger for a while. I'm just no, saying. No. Like, how does he... He's sitting there fumbling with his gun stuck to his fingertips yeah. and Han just blasts him. Like, uh, like, I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. It really kind of, again, the fan service of just like, nope, in case anyone needs to ask, Han shoots first. And this is the good guy Han. This yeah. isn't the Han that we see in episode four. So, I mean, like, the fact that Han even let Greedo sit down is... Quite amazing. Something must have softened up between point A and point B. <laughs> it wasn't or he got up. quicker. <laughs> or he got quicker. Yeah. Um, I love that. That's like one of my favorite parts. But then even like then he goes over to Beckett and he's like, hey man. And Beckett's like, yeah, you, I was going to kill you. And it's just like, okay. It's like Han Solo knows. Trust no one but the Wookiee. And like, that's yeah. it. That's my life for the next ever. Yeah. And go. Yeah. And even, uh, I, I personally backtracking a little bit, during the betrayal, like, when you're in the, the office of Crime Lord Man, um, I love that fight scene. I thought it was really yes. dope. Uh, it was like, really you, ha- you had a great scene. Uh, and then afterwards, when you figure out why Kira betrayed him, and, like, the appearance of Darth Maul on screen for the first time when he has, like, robotic legs, and he's all, like, I'm old man now, um was like a very, like huge surprise. I don't think anyone I'm sure if you watched the animated series uh Star Wars stuff, you saw it coming because they brought him back from the Clone Wars. He was kind of like not mentally with it though. Does that change? Yeah, that changes. Okay. Yeah. It um, changes throughout there. So he like gets back and he's he starts taking over like Mandalore stuff. Okay. Um I so mean, he cu- he starts creating his own kind of like bounty hunter thing inside of there. Okay. Um so at the end of episode 3, he's starting his own like Bounty Hunter Syndicate, in essence. Excellent. Yeah. Which I'm assuming comes into Crimson Dawn. Yeah. Um, um, so, which I thought was, like, a great, like, great surprise, but just one of those things that's, like, cool, but maybe not needed in this movie particularly, I think because again, you had a great lead-off already with uh, Chewie and Han going into the next movie. I could see know? it have been, having been in after the credit scene, like, Kira in the ship yeah. talking, saying that he was dead. Also, like, yeah, I, I think it just, again, suffers from the fact that they tried to... I I don't know if they wanted to spin off with Disney Plus stuff or what, but there was a lot of things it, thrown in, and I think yeah. they just wanted to use it as a catch-all, because I feel like 
they could have made an Infus Nest thing because they kind of introduced this character, this backstory, and like this cause that can either become an animated show or become a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you introduce, obviously, Solo, you introduce Kira in the Crimson Dawn, and like, what are you going to do with all these? Yeah. You just made an entire, like, you can make several movies off of all of this, but yeah. then it did nothing with it so far. Yeah. Well, I, I think part of that being a catch-all for this movie was the fact that Episode Eight tanked for them. So I think, yeah. I think Disney higher-ups were also trying to figure out what works, what are going to people talk about. And so I think elements of Solo, I think, heavily influenced the Disney Plus TV series. I, I, I see Solo elements in every way of the Disney Plus show. I mean, the fact that they went back to, like, the whole space western And genre. Bounty Hunters. And Bounty Hunters. Why did they decide Bounty Hunters were the place to start first? Ooh. You know? Because I think they realized that, you know, Solo had great elements. The story just needed better togetherness. Like, I think Solo had great scenes, but they didn't play nice with each other. Um, but at the end of the day, you still had some... You had things there that were great. And I think they took those scenes and were like, okay, let's do episodic things with these and join them into a cohesive story. I mean, the crazy thing is, in relevant times, the best Star Wars that we have gotten, which I think, in my opinion, has been... I mean, out of IP, Solo rates into the top three for me because 7, 8, 9 were just so bad. But you have... Solo, Rogue One, and Mandalorian, which what would you like to Ahem. The Bad Batch. I haven't finished that yet. But also, to that extent, very limited amount of our lightsaber wielding friends, which up yeah. until this point has been the complete and total center of Star Wars, and now they're like, We have the rest of this universe that people really seem to like, and let's go with it. Yeah. Which I I love them exploring, I think for me one of my I love episode two's culture dive into, like, the bar scene, into, like, Padme's family, into, like, Naboo life. Like, Star Wars drama? Huh? 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 We based it off of, like, ancient Rome, right? Where all that stuff was super important. Which I think is, like, really interesting. Maybe not, like, Star Wars in essence. Like, I do... I want to see a huge Jedi versus Sith battle. Please give me that one day. That is all I want to see on screen, please. But until then. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like it's got to have its place, right? You got yeah. to either go over the top of the lightsabers or where we are now. But yeah. I think that that brings us to our end of Solo, right? Yeah. I think overall, I would probably rate it um, within Star Wars movies. I would rate it as on the same level as, like, episode two. Mm. Uh, I think is like, a good place to call it's, like... It was fun. It was entertaining. It was great. Nothing too wow. Nothing really deep emotional. But a fun, investigative story. Swashbuckling-esque. You know, really, I think, very friendly. There are some dark parts, but I would relate it to, like, the Goonies and that side. Not that it's to the tier of Goonies and all. Goonies <laughs> is a masterpiece. But, <laughs> but just that sense of, like, there's some dark things, but it, it trends to more family-friendly-esque, and it, it's very fun. And I would definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it, especially with the Star Wars things that are picking up currently. Um, go give it a watch if you haven't already. 
does it outrate all the Star Wars movies from worst to best? Worst to best? Worst to best. Well, eight, seven, nine in that order for me. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna go nine. I was gonna go eight, nine, seven. But all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a fan of nine because I find it. I like the fun elements in it that outweigh what seven is trying to do. Yeah. And then let me see. Probably one right next. Put one next. I'm... No, no, no. I'd put two and then one because I like Qui Gon Jinn. All right. I know. I'm sorry. I'm... And I, but like the Geonosium belt, Mace Windu is amazing. You need to choose Samuel oh. Jackson or Liam Neeson. Episode one because Duel of Fates. That's it. Sorry. So, so you're going. You're going. Episode two and then one. One. Uh yeah. Two and then one. Two and then one. Right. I'll two, go one and two. Two and one. Three. Four. Four. I would go four. Three. I go three. No, four, six, mm-hmm. three, and five. Wow. Okay, and then well, where do Solo and Rogue One fit? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Solo would go where episode, like on a ranking of episode two. Okay. Rogue One would go on a ranking of episode five. Rogue One is my tippity top. Yeah, because I think, yeah. Because I think I put episode five at the yeah. top, so those two I, I agree. Think tie for five, top. five and Rogue One are definitely at the top. I'm a sucker for the Hoth battle, and will forever be a sucker for the Hoth <laughs> battle, as many people my age and everyone else should be. Yes. Um, yeah, I agree with the rest of the ranking. Rogue One, though, best, and I think, I think that's it. We good? Yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and may we'll... the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even seeing that coming. <laughs> and also with you. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. See you in the next one.